Today's episode is going to be a little more personal. I mean, I've been personal in the past anyways, but um, time of recording today is Wednesday, July 28th, uh, 2, 3 in the morning. I don't know, but I can't sleep. And I knew this was coming. It's hard to explain, but uh, I mean, it's not hard to explain. It just hurts to explain. Four years ago today, my wife passed away. It was a Friday morning, and it was um, a week after she had had a car accident. Actually, just shy of a week. Uh, I think 7 a.m. would have been a full seven days, or 6 a.m., somewhere in there. Hadn't thought about it too much, but because of time zones, I got a phone call at eight or nine in the morning letting me know what happened, and it was just a bunch of stuff. But uh, my wife and I got together or went on our first date, and it was kind of unintentional, but I got to backtrack a little bit. So February of 2017, end of February, early March, I was going to ref a game in San Antonio. The night before, I went to go play slap and tickle with a female friend. My car was stolen. And in it was, of course, my derby gear. And I think there was a GoFundMe that got me like 200 bucks for to replace my gear, which helped because I think they took the helmet and some other stuff in it. But I was able to get my uh, pads back and my skates because I had custom skates that were two different sizes for each foot. And I guess I couldn't sell them that way or whatever, but I still had my stuff. Um, or just because a bag stunk so bad, they didn't even bother taking it or just left it in the car or whatever. No, no. Yeah, it was thrown out. Um, it's been forever. I don't remember the details because it wasn't important, but I was able to get my derby gear back. Uh, the car was found and it was stripped and all this other stuff, but that was later. Anyways, by the time the insurance and everything cleared, it was middle of June. So got a vehicle or got a motorcycle and had planned to go back and referee for San Antonio. However, the next game San Antonio had the team that I ref for, they were having a game in Temple. It's north of Austin and the team is Centex, which I forgot where they're at, but it's, I know it's not Colleen because Colleen is uh, just outside of Fort Hood and they have their own stuff. Uh, and it wasn't one of the Austin teams, but they were playing against Centex. My game plan, because of my work schedule, I was off Thursday through Sunday morning and I went to work Sunday afternoon. So the game plan was to meet up with some skater friends, have lunch, meet with them, hang out in San Antonio for a couple of days or a, a day and a half, and then go ref in... Centex Friday evening or afternoon, whatever, I forgot what it was. So I had planned and messaged a lot of skater friends and told them, hey, you know, bring all these other new friends. You know, there's a lot of new skaters that I don't know. There's this new B team, this, that, and the other. So I was going to have meals with the refs, coaches, skaters, new skaters, officials, or non skating officials. And it was like lunch with two, dinner with five, breakfast with one, uh, lunch with another one, dinner with a few more was the game plan. So Friday, 
So the week that I'm going to meet up with all these skaters and friends, I was getting messages. Oh, I can't make it, you know, cause work or family or whatever. So people were dropping off, but it was, you know, one at a time. So it ended up going from having a dinner or meal with three friends it down to two and then down to one, then down to none. I don't know if this was planned, but my wife and I weren't able to figure out if it was or was not, but people just were dropping out. And she was the only one that was able to keep the dinner date. And instead of having some meal at a, at a counter service place, I decided or changed my mind at the moment to go have dinner at this cute little sushi spot in San Antonio. So we went there and the conversation was amazing. Like it, it just flowed so easily. We had a lot of similarities, both previously married. Both of us are great with kids, but didn't want any of our own. She didn't want any of her own. And there's just a lot that I wasn't, that I'm not able to quantify now, at least not, not the way I'm feeling right now, but there's a lot that I wish I could convey of how awesome she was, but I knew early on that I wanted to date her. That date we had was July 18th, 2013. And we weren't inseparable soon after that, or we were, so it's hard to explain because we would plan our weekends to basically hang out with each other. And these were mini vacations that we had. We would meet up in Corpus and Shiner, Victoria, Schulenburg, just, just random touristy spots in Texas between Houston and San Antonio. Because of my work schedule, I could go and book the room, take a nap, essentially. So I'd, I'd get off Wednesday morning and I'd drive out, go book a room, sleep till two or three. She'd take off of work at noon or early on a Thursday and meet me at the hotel. And we'd start our weekend then. And Friday, she might have to log into her laptop and do a little bit of work, but you know, she was just quote unquote, like milking the clock, I guess. But we got to spend a lot of weekends together and we didn't make it official, not early on. Um, but we really enjoyed each other's company. It was, it was great. It was, you know, that magic you have when you first get together with someone that honeymoon phase, but the honeymoon phase never really stopped. We were just always thrilled to be around each other, uh, excited for, for what we were doing. And she was my greatest cheerleader. Not that that was her job, just that she was naturally good at encouraging me and helpful and just all these things that made the relationship great. <clears throat> and in the four years and 11 days that we were together. And it was kind of easy to come up with that because our first date was July 18th and she passed away on July 28th. But there's a, there was a leap year in that than the time we were together. So that was the extra day. So that's kind of easy to, to add up. But what sucks is that the anniversary of our first date and a bunch of other, I guess, important milestones 
are close to the day she died, which is today. In about 10 days, that was 30 days, September, June. And in a little more than a week <clears throat> will be our wedding anniversary. Got married in 2015. And it was a really small thing. It was at my grandfather's ranch. It was short and sweet. It wasn't anything to prove our love, quote unquote. It was more a thing of convenience so that she would be able to get her dual citizenship. And if anything were to happen to me, she'd be able to have claim to uh, property that I have in Mexico. Because both of us were kind of adamant, or we were adamant that we weren't going to get married again, not to each other, not to anyone else. And this was early on in our relationship and with our friends that we knew. Also, we knew what our final wishes were, how we wanted to be interred or to be, um, I guess, buried, though she preferred or opted to donate her body to science. We had all of those discussions while we were together. I was also adamant about us not going to bed angry at each other. And we never did. We would lay in bed and if there was something that bothered her or that bothered me, we'd say, hey, look, babe, you did this, you said that, uh, this happened. I didn't like how you handled it. I didn't like how you responded to me. I didn't like how you made me feel. I didn't like whatever. And we would discuss. We would, we would have discussions. We never had an argument or a shouting match at each other. We would argue with other people. We would have discussions or shouting matches with others if you know they tried to cross us or get in our way. And it's difficult to kind of quantify even with, with examples out in the world, but um, because she wasn't as cold as Morticia, but her relationship was as loving, similar to uh, the Adams family. But I wasn't also sappy or lovey-dovey or, or always kissing on her or hugging on her like, like Gomez, but that, that foundation of love, that basis of connection that we had with each other. Another thing that uh, we liked is we enjoyed... We enjoyed others being afraid of us, and there's not a way to uh, to explain it well. But uh, if you've ever seen the show Vikings, there's some characters, Floki and I think Helga, I forgot his wife's name, but uh, Floki was kind of a weirdo and everybody thought he was weird and crazy and some people were scared of him. But as a whole, the village was afraid of this couple. One night we were watching the show and she turned to me and said something to the effect of babe, you know, I can't wait till we grow old and everybody's afraid of us like Floki and Helga or Hilda, whatever her name was. And without missing a beat, I told her, babe, we're already the couple that a lot of people are already afraid of. We cackled and laughed and laughed and went back to watching the show. And that was, that was a lot of what our relationship was, is that it was us against the world. It was us and nobody can fuck with us. We weren't afraid of anybody. Uh, one thing that I would realize or recognize whenever she was to a certain point of inebriation is that she would challenge people to wrestle and would firemen carry guys twice her size or anyone really in the bar. But I mean, she could firemen carry me, just grab me by my thigh and lift me up and firemen carry me through the door. Not that she ever did it, but I know she could. She would usually firemen carry other people that were acting a fool and she kind of appointed herself bouncer of this little bar that we were 
It was kind of like a little second home. And the relationship was great, not just because of the sex or because of the physical part of it. It was we both encouraged, stimulated, and challenged each other mentally. Like we weren't just a couple that, that hung out at home and watched TV. We, we didn't watch a lot of TV. Um, so a lot of our time was taken up through roller derby. Uh, that was at least three or four nights a week that was keeping us busy. Well, technically four nights a week that kept us busy. Uh, four nights of practice, but if it was a week that we had a game, if it was a home game, it would be three weeks of practice, or sorry, three days of practice, maybe a half practice, and then the game of course, or game day. And if it was an away game, then it would be three practices, driving to the other place and having the game there. And every month there was at least one home and one away game between February and about October, September, October, depending on the team you played with. <clears throat> I think by August, most teams only had one game a month, whether it was either either home or away. It was rarely two a month after August, but sometimes they were. So that was three or four. So that was four nights a week that kept us busy. And then the other nights, it would be going to a friend's graduation, a friend's kid's birthday party, uh, housewarming, salsa dancing, somebody's birthday, somebody's. It was it was always something either a. a museum opening or an exhibit opening, art gala. Um, I mean, there was rarely a night that we stayed home. Uh, we would stay home, even the nights, or sorry, even the weekend or the once a weekend that we would stay home, we still didn't just stay home and sit around and do nothing. The morning, we'd get up around 10-ish and we'd play a game of D&D &D or a D&D-like game, a D20 game, tabletop game with some friends that would come over. And then that evening, after we played the game, we would we also invited our friends to come over and have uh, a bonfire. We had a bonfire and I would either DJ, host karaoke, or we'd just kind of hang out and talk depending on how many people showed up. Sometimes it would turn into kind of a potluck thing, but the entrance to come in was essentially, at a minimum, a six pack of, of beer or bottle of alcohol. <sighs> And that's just a time that we were together. That's not counting our lives before and all the crazy and awesome things that she did growing up, friends she's helped. And the weird thing about all this, not weird, but the thought I've had is that her passing is a greater loss than my passing would be. I'm not saying that no one would miss me or, or no one would cry for me. I'm just saying more along the lines of she, I think she's impacted more people in her life because she was out and about in there. She was a good person since I've known her. With a, with a mean streak, with also an Aries fire that, you know, she wouldn't take any bullshit. And me, I think there'd only be a handful of past lovers that would miss me, quote unquote, or, or be sad that I'm gone. But I think they'd get over it. 
there's a lot of people. I mean, she has a uh, Facebook page, and people still comment from time to time, not just on on anniversaries or specific dates or her birthday, but uh, just at random people will frequently comment and say something reminded them of her. Being widowed is hard. And I'm not going to try to make a comparison that it's harder than X, Y, or Z. It's not something that's easy. I know that there are some widows and widowers that have it slightly easier in that they're glad that their spouse is gone because they were the, the spouse that passed away was their tormentor or their, their abuser. But even then, I think it hurts them sometimes. I don't even know if I'm going to post this. If you're hearing this, well, then of course I went ahead and posted it and you decided to keep listening. But um, the reason I'm, or part of the reason I'm going ahead and posting is because I am going to switch over to once a week uh, schedule. The reason, one, is because it is tough to... um, try to manage the day-to-day and run a podcast and promote it while being depressed. Another part is once I get out of this funk, once I get past uh, the significant dates to me, I want to do better at promoting the podcast to, of course, gain more listeners, but be more engaging with the listeners I have as well. And even though there's only 11 of you, at least according to Spotify, there's 11 of you, there, there is a handful that have reached out one way or another, either through the phone number I provided before or through social media and thanked me for one particular episode or another, or tossed a few ideas that have ended up becoming episodes. Everything you've heard in the past few weeks had been recorded um, before my wife passed away or sorry, before the 28th, actually before the 18th. And I had just edited and scheduled everything out. Though there were a couple of times that I had to re-edit some stuff because uh, listening to it, it was, it needed some work. And that's another thing is I don't like posting just like the raw data dump or voice dump because I get tongue twisted and I want to clearly and effectively communicate my ideas so that everyone can understand them and not just be understood, but let you know that, like I said, I care that I'm not wasting your time in you guys hearing me repeating the same phrase three or four times so that I have a good take, quote unquote. But um, yeah, that's this is, I guess, like a heads up or a warning that you're going to get less of me but I intend to post year round and the season one is going to be the longest season because, uh, I intend to just keep posting through, um, till next year. And, uh, I'll take a three week hiatus. Although you guys probably won't notice, I'll probably have, um, one or two episodes playing between. So it'll seem like I only take a week off, but, um, yeah, I'm, I intend to take three weeks off next year. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the holidays, so I just go ahead and push through and 
usually at work, I cover for everyone else because I take my quote unquote holidays or vacation uh, towards the end of July. So in any case, thanks for listening. I love you and you're worthy of it. I'll see you on the next one.